0: Hi, welcome to episode 60 of the With Will Podcast. I am your host and producer, Will Brown. Thank you so much for joining us. We finally produced another episode, and it's worth the wait. We are looking ahead to the 2023 Women's World Cup. We are joined by our good friend and soccer savant, Clayton Freeman of the Florida Times Union, to get his thoughts on the upcoming tournament. He did the same for the men. We're going to do the same for the women. Stay tuned.
1: So, Clayton, thank you so much for joining us on the Withwell podcast to discuss the upcoming Women's World Cup. We had a great conversation a few months ago about the Men's World Cup. And so we're back for more soccer talk and suggestions. Um, you know, you were right on the money with the Men's World Cup with some of the semifinalists. So, some of them. We'll see if you. some of them Uh, we'll see if we're both on the money this time for the women (laughs) you know when I heard Vicky Sauerberg was going to miss the World Cup I mean I I hurt for her so bad you know this was really her time to be the captain and she's a phenomenal captain um in terms of play positioning and leadership um she's going to be missed more than Swanson Mallory Swanson's goals are going to be missed in my opinion um you know, I know for the men, we kind of went through like every single group, all this, all the super details. But, you know, for the men folk, the U.S. wasn't expected to win. <laughs> so we're going to start with the two time defending champion who, like you said, is on the cusp of history. Um, you know, I thought about this four years ago when some people had a lot to say about Megan Rapinoe and said, well, why is she getting all this press? Well, is she that good? And, I, and there, were, there was there's one stat that just made me say. This is how good she is. There's is no person, living or dead, male or female, who has ever started three consecutive World Cup finals, except for Megan Rapinoe. So that alone tells should be the indicator of just how superb of a player she has been for how long of a player she how long she's been a superb player. But we wanted to start with the US woman. Um, they have three games, um, you know, two, they start with Vietnam uh, on the 21st, early on the 21st, um, yeah. and then they they play um, the Netherlands in a rematch of the 2019 Women's World Cup final, um, but the Netherlands has been decimated by injuries, including to arguably their best player, Vivian yeah. Um and then they play Portugal, who... They're a good side. They're an okay side, but they're, they shouldn't test the United States. So, um, what are your thoughts on the U.S. group stage? Just what's your analysis on what you see there?
2: Well, it's, it is a group stage that is pretty, pretty manageable. I mean, it's not not the easiest. They could have come up with but it is also one where they will be ex- certainly expected to get through without too much difficulty and that can be tricky in itself Talk about the group stage that is not especially the, the vietnam game where they were expected to win very very easily sometimes you don't always get the kind of test from that kind of game that you might that could be useful especially when you Talk about going from Vietnam to the Netherlands, which will be still even without some of the players that they're missing, that that's still gonna be a very strong squad. Um, they they should win this group, and um, they will be expected to win this group, but they have they still have to win the games. Um Portugal is have a little of an unknown quantity here. I mean they've sort of been growing these last few years. They played a quite competitive game against the Netherlands a year ago that showed they can keep pace with some of the top European teams. This is obviously a little different level event, but they can't, the U.S. can't afford to look past them. I think the logical expectation will be U.S. and Netherlands move on, but still have to get the results. And One of the things that I mean, I think most people will expect that everybody gets three points in Vietnam. So, um, so that's... those that's, are that's Groups like that can be tricky well, because one thing that goes, goes wrong for you and you can be in trouble. It, it yeah, can you become come like, a two, like two... Like, what's what? FIFA, like, like, the men's world kept yeah. yeah. moving away from which would be the group of three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it could be an effect idea. with USA, Netherlands, and Portugal. So... There, there, it's not one that they can just breeze through. Especially when you're especially talking about a huge hole in defense. You have to decide big decision from Watko Andonovski about how he addresses that. Because that's a, going to be a challenge. One question.
1: One question I have is um, who's going to score the goals for the women because they haven't really scored against defenses that have sat back in a middle block or a low block in months. Um, You know, they scored two against Wales, but I I did not think it should have taken 75 minutes to get a goal against a side that was featuring players out of season and had never played in those kind of temperatures before. That was surprising to me. Um, I think they'll get the goals against uh, Vietnam. I think suspect they'll be able to get at least one goal against the Netherlands, and as long as they don't do anything daft in the back, I think they'll be okay there. Um, I I can't see them not winning this group. I could see them potentially tying the Netherlands if the Netherlands plays a very, very good game, but that's, that's asking a lot of the Netherlands, which they haven't shown that form really since they got to the World Cup Final four years ago.
2: It, it's been a challenge for them. Um, I think one of the other things that you know, will, will be interesting to see is you know, what are, I guess, the, what we would call the wild cards. I mean, what will they be able to do to change things up when things need to be changed up? I mean, we've seen Trinity Rodman make some very interesting um, appearances of late. Um, there will be the question if Megan Rapino does not start, um, you know. Will she be someone that can change the game off the bench? Um, it, I mean, even at this stage in her career, there's certainly some pretty special things that she's still able to do out there. Um, they'll have to think about you know, the, the midfield. I mean, there are, you've seen Julie Arts now back in action after being out of action for some time. You, you Just where does she fit in to this mix? I mean, we've seen, I mean, Savannah DeMello called out. For this nationally, for with very well experienced in the national, this will be her first big event. Um, I mean, what will her role be? Will she get on the field? What will that's going to be? One of those interesting things as the tournament goes along, there will be times where they'll more than likely where they'll have to have someone who can come in and shake things up, and they're going to to find, find that ideal role. The quicker they do it, the better.
1: You know, I I thought of anybody who's gonna um, if there was gonna be a racing Louisville midfielder on this team, I thought it was gonna be Jalen Howell, not Savannah DeMello, but what do I know? Um I I, I really have been a fan of how Jalen Howell plays and how she controls a midfield. Um I think you're right. There's a there's a massive hole in the midfield for the US. Um I don't
2: know if Julie Ertz should start,
1: to be honest.
2: Um it, it's a I mean, she has not been playing all that much soccer for the last um, wide a bit of time. Um, yeah. And, and the team is, I think, 1-5-2
1: and two in the matches that she's played this year. That's not good as a defensive midfielder.
2: Not ideal. So, um, but then they have to think, okay, if she's not going to be there, what do they do there? I mean, do they, does that mean that, we've, for example, that we see... You know, obviously that would affect if she's not fit in that. affects what you do with you know, Rose LaValle, for example. You know, her role becomes a little bit different. Um, yeah. You know, you know, how, you, know, you know, seeing Andy Sullivan get a lot of caps like in it, you know, does that become... I like her.
1: I like her at the base of midfield. And, you
2: know, You also have to be making these decisions knowing that your central defense is not exactly going to be the way it was drawn out a few months ago so that's so that's two question marks central midfield and central defense um and those are are things that we're not necessarily used to US women having question marks there.
1: Correct I have a question for you you know tactics better than anyone I know Um, would you boldly put Crystal Dunn in the midfield?
2: Well, it's something that they could think about. Um, she has filled just about every role there is to fill at some point in your career, except goalkeeper. Right? And, <laughs> He's too short for that. Yeah, and if they they could try that. Um, of course, then you're talking about being very likely, having to you know, make a change at fullback. Um, We've seen being in with us, I saw you know, Kelly O'Hara get the call for what will very likely be her final World Cup one with Bink. Um, Bink. You never know at this stage.
1: Um, that, <laughs> right? last World Cup was four years ago.
2: Yep. But you know, for Crystal Dunia that's something that they will start thinking about but you not especially if you're talking about a midfield of three and you know, sometimes pulling even a very good attacking fullback into a midfield doesn't always result in what you had expected. Sometimes it becomes you know, part of the effect of an attacking outside fullback is being able to watch for it. You can't watch the same way for midfield, um, I, moving ahead, back to the men's side. For some people may have memories of Brazil in 2010, where Brazil had Cohn and Danny Alves, and tried to, tried to put them both under the field, one uh, right back, one in midfield, and it, it didn't quite have the um, effect that people were hoping for. But you know, we'll see. And that Crystal Down has done so many things over her career, and so many things well. That's something they could look into. But they, they do have, they do have adequate numbers in midfield
1: is just finding the way the pieces fit together best you know i, I really am in a perfect world i think my preferred midfield would be sullivan at the base coran doing number eight things um and i i, I mean i don't think it's really going to be a problem until probably the quarterfinals of that last piece in the midfield um you know I'm shocked that Rose Laval made the team considering she's been injured since April yeah. and hasn't played a game. That that's that's a bold move. Um I would say Ashley Sanchez is on very, very, very thin ice, but she would be the starter to start the tournament. Um and maybe do something um kind of like what P.S. Timpaga did at the 2016 Olympics, where she either she starts Lavelle for the business end of the tournament, but if she can't go the full 90, Sanchez is waiting in the wings, or Demello is waiting in the wings to be that first substitute, kind of like what Spakac did with Rapino, even though she knew she, she knew that Rapinoe was not 90-minute match fit, but wanted her on the pitch in some way. Um, you know that kind of blew up in the face when they lost to Sweden, but that wasn't a tactical loss. That was Sweden got an early goal and the US just didn't have their shooting booths that day and then Sweden got a second um, I mean Kelly O'Hara could be like um, oh gosh Ali Krieger 2.0 you know
2: <laughs> possibly um,
1: <laughs> out in the wind for a couple of years and then playing shocking amounts of big minutes
2: we'll see um, I mean actually I- but that that defense will be something that they'll want to look at very very quickly um, because nobody there's no one in that defense sorry, the central defense that can match the experience level um, that Becky Sauber and brought. there. there's a lot of talent there but as far as world cup experience world caps in the plural experience and winning world caps that's not something anybody else back there has to the same degree in the center
1: you know, I think that's why it's going to be important on Alyssa Nair to have supreme communication and organize their defense. Um, but also, it's it's very interesting. I think this is why it's important for the U.S. to score goals, and it's important for the U.S. to have set pieces high up the field. Because during the She Believes Cup, I uh, had a chance to photograph the match uh, for official Florida FC, and I noticed on set pieces very high up the field, Vlatko Andonovski would bring both the center halves over to the touchline to talk to them. And I remember I asked him, "Well, what are you telling them in those moments? And he kind of smiled and didn't really answer the question. Uh, (laughs) But it let me know that he was probably telling them something tactical that he didn't want out there. Um, But he's in constant communication with the center backs. And that day, the center backs were Sauerbrunn and Cook. So I would assume that in this case, Cook and... Probably Naomi Gurman.
2: I would think. Um, um, I mean, we'll see. Um but I, I would certainly think that's more likely the parent Emily Nelly Sonnet is there. I I'm not sure if she's she has a lot she has more experience. I'm not sure if she's a starter at this stage, but we will see.
1: The only time I want to see Emily son sonnet starting a game in this World Cup is after the US has wrapped up the group and they're playing Portugal in the group third group stage match with due respect to Emily Sonnet. There, there are a few people on this squad. I'm like the only time we want to see real minutes for me is in that last group stage game when people are getting a Um, you know, I, I look at this best 11 uh, or who I think the best 11 are, you know, some are absolutely set in stone, but it's funny of all the world cups, probably in our living lifetime. Um, you know obviously neither one of us remembers 1991 all that much but um th- i would say this is the starting this is the world cup with the start their fewest number of members of the starting 11 are set in stone
2: i would agree with that um and i mean they're really other than goalkeeper pretty much and i uh, and i mean there are a few decisions everyone is shuffled in and out a little bit i mean You you would think, of course, one of the other storylines, what will, does this become for Sophia Smith be sort of one of those those moments where she steps up into sort of that next, next level, next superstar kind of level? Because that's, that is the hope, I'm sure, of a lot of fans.
1: I think she's got the cold-bloodedness in her to do exactly what you said. You know, I, I like her, I... When when you mentioned Trinity Rodman earlier in some interesting positions, and when Flatco put her at the number nine, she moved better than Alex Morgan did.
2: You can never read too much into World Cup games right before World Cup, but that was right. impressive. I mean, she's she's been impressive of late, and if sometimes the, the hot the hot hand in baseball, the hot foot, or hot head if you're the right kind of way if you're a Miroslav close that when it came to be World Cup time on the men's side um, sometimes that's what it takes
1: you know I though I would I would say that you know I, I would Alex Morgan only really scored two goals in her last seven matches for the US Women's National Team um, by her standards that's not good um Granted, the competition's been pretty pretty high. She believes Cup and some of these friendlies. But, um, yeah, you know, the center forward, ha- in, in the system that the U.S. has, the center forward has to score.
2: Yes. Uh, and if the center forward's not scoring,
1: time for another center forward.
2: Uh, and we've seen that even in past years where finding a center forward who canceled even if it's someone like, indirectly, someone like you know, Carly Lloyd, who was not really a center forward, but you, know, yeah. played you know, well above the you know, higher higher up than she was used to because she was scoring and kept scoring when it mattered most. Um, she definitely took on some roles that were a little bit out of the traditional zone and it worked for her.
1: But going back to 2015, I think it's fascinating that like the frustrating part about the 2015 team was, for the first five games of that tournament, four games of that tournament, quite well. Like it's just like you have this talent, but you're not playing with some of your talent. And then they finally got it together in the semis. It's like this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, and then 2019, they just obliterated everybody, uh, except for Spain. This year, I you know. I really think I was I like I was looking at the the bracket and I'm looking and I'm just like the there's one big game for the US and if they can get past that then they'll be in the finals. But I just don't know if they can win that one game. Um but start I think so I think we have you know we'd agree but getting back to the starting level, I think we'd agree that, you know, Alyssa Nair and goal Emily Fox is one of the fullbacks. Crystal Dunn is a fullback. Um Cook and Germa, the center backs, you know, to start uh midfield could be I mean, all Horan is the only certain team. Uh,
2: yes. I mean I, I would I would certainly think and and exactly what her role is can and she's played a number of different roles in this team, but I she seems like the one that is of the midfield who is closest to a Full star, and you, know, example, what that looks like,
1: and we'll see. Um, that, I think Sophia Smith is a starter up top, um, and then that's the only guarantee. I mean, Lynn Williams might might play a very valuable. Like, I don't, I don't think Vlako rates her because I don't think he does. I don't know why, but I, I, don't think he rates her as a
2: player. We'll have to see what her. Role exactly will be, I mean, she could very well end up starting the left. Um, that's only one possibility. She could be a second half sub type. play for the big. That's a definitely a pretty big you know, you know, Mallory Swanson type hole up front that they're. You saw something that the, someone that they had paladone and is, will have to be someone else stepping up into some enhanced minutes.
1: Yes, I, I. she's another one I feel horrible for. Um, thankfully, she's young. Um, then again, 22, 23 years old, that means, what, four years from now, she'll be 27. So the competition for places will be ferocious, especially once four years from now, Alex Morgan's not going to be in the picture. Um, you would assume Lynn Williams won't be in the picture, but there's going to be ferocious competition for places. It, this this is... Um, and, and as much as I respect Megan Rapinoe, on the pitch, off the pitch, I guess my philosophy is: if she plays more than 60 minutes in any given match, the United States is in big trouble. <laughs> Maybe enough. she's like a, in case of emergency.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't think she is going to be. I would be surprised if she starts more than a group, a final group match. And I mean, she. You know, we could see her make a pure here and there I, I don't think they want to count on her for no. too much at this stage I mean having said that if they get into a situation where it, it, where you're in a knockout match and you need a goal um, or need a set play um, you might still see her in a role like that but I, I, don't, I don't think they want her covering massive amounts of ground out there at this stage no. It's not, a, it's even, not an the optimal role.
1: Even in her prime, she wasn't a burner. Even yes. in her autobiography, she admits she was not a burner. Um, and so being not a burner and thirty-eight,
2: um it's, that's uh, can a lot. be can be a difficult combination. Of course, one other thing that fans will take note very quickly, fans who are suffering through however hot it is, wherever you're watching, um, it yes. will not be that hot in the southern hemisphere, we're talking about Australia, New Zealand. Um, so it it is not summer there; it is winter there. And so that will be um, a little bit of a plus that fans who are watching from Florida may not immediately. will may think, "How can they keep running like that in this heat?" The answer: It's not this heat; it's the southern hemisphere. So it's a great point. So that could be a plus for. Some teams, um, a little bit plus for every team, that it will be less draining than it is certainly in our part of the world right now. Um,
1: Four years ago in France, when it was scorching for some of those quarterfinal games.
2: Yes, it was off the chart for a bunch of those. And so, you know, that will certainly get a little more spring in the proverbial step. If we look at to other groups and knockout, um, I think this scenario that a lot of people are used to a situation A plays B, C plays D, E plays F, G plays H, not the case. Um, This is going to winner of group E. If that is US one, they would play the runner-up of group G, which is your Sweden, Italy, Argentina South Africa, I, I can tell you, um, I don't think anybody on the US team would relish a matchup with Sweden there is a lot of I just on the basis of history, there is a lot of history with Fox. US and Sweden at various international tournaments and a lot of it is not um, entirely favorable for the United States I so can't see Sweden basis, not winning that
1: group though I Even agree. though South Africa is the uh, a- uh, continental African continental champions, champions. Yep. Argentina got to the—I think they got to the Copa America final, right? You think? read that? Um, no, they lost in the semis. That's right. They lost to the semis to Colombia because they had a red card early. But they were formidable. I have Argentina coming out of Group G as
2: the second place team. Italy has had some shuffles in the spot, so we'll see. To what extent that affects Italy?
1: I so uh, I've got Argentina coming out of that group. Can we can we quickly go through some of these groups? I'll just like read off the list and if there's anything that stands out to you. Group A, obviously New Zealand, Norway, Philippines, and Switzerland. That, that um, is the,
2: that is the that is the widest of the groups. I think we can say yes. we are not talking about the mid 1990s Norway anymore. I mean, although they are still very likely the strongest in that group. Um like
1: She can score against anybody.
2: Yes. And of course she is back. Um, That's one of the other storylines that she was out of the national team for some time and is now back. Um, So, and you'll need to ask in mind that one entire half of the bracket um, will be EG and AC. So these teams in group A and these teams in group C are the only teams in the United States to be playing between now and the final. So we talked about Group A, um, Group C, which I think is probably the more likely of the two to produce someone that could be a a serious threat. That is your Spain, um, Costa Rica, Zambia, and, of course, Japan, where the Japanese history... At the women's World Cup is very, very well known by now, and of course for those yes. who have, and of course for those who remember the men's World Cup last last winter, um, that's three of us. That's three of four that were in the same group at the at the men's World Cup: Spain, Costa Rica, and except you no know, Germany. If you're Germany in this group, that would be an off the charts group
1: that can be off the charts I, I i think group b is the yeah group b is the hardest group in this world cup i'm still I, you know that's, that's the frustrating thing about this world cup is that there's so much there was so much information about each group in the men's world cup and then trying to like figure out the bracket for the women's i might even have my bracket wrong which is why it's hard to kind of i think i, I saw something on fox that says one a winner group A plays winner of group C. I have that as Norway winning group A and Japan finishing second in group C behind Spain. Um and then that the winner of group D would play the second place in group B. Group D is England, Haiti, Denmark and China. England should score no fewer than 12 goals in this group. <laughs>
2: It, it, <laughs> I mean, it, it should be a pretty solid uh, group for them. I think um, they're
1: gosh. one of the four. Yes. Um, fair play to Haiti for even getting to the Women's World Cup. I mean, it's, and they, and they had to
2: um, knock out Chile to get there, which was a major um,
1: major upset. Yep. Um, let's see. And then I guess the winner of Group C will play second place in Group A. Group C, we already went through. Um Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, Japan. Zambia gave everything Germany all they wanted, but I don't know about I, I still think Spain wins, Japan second. Um and then I'll, again, this is what our friends at Fox say, you know. Who knows? Uh I don't have seven hundred and eighty seven million to give away, so I want to make sure my facts are straight. Uh it says group uh 18. group B the, Yeah,
2: and group F you have the unthinkable two CONCACAF teams in one group Jamaica-Panama
1: I don't know what they were thinking with their straw that
2: was seeded so that it was seeded in the expectation of the intercontinental playoff um, of Panama not getting through and Panama got through that was seeded for an Asian team that that was not the way it happened. And so you have two CONCACAF teams in the same group which is something that we will probably never ever see again at a major tournament. In either case, they're not the favorites in that group. No. There is, um, I'm worth you, there is a local tie in that in, in Havana Salon who's from Gainesville who played club soccer for years in Pontevedra um, She is on the Jamaica squad. That's right. Yes. I remember that last name. Yep, went to Butte Holtz in Gainesville and she is on the Jamaica squad for a second time. So that's a a Northeast Florida tie that people may find of interest. And
1: also interesting uh, to the Jamaica squad, I remember five or six years ago now, um, Jody Brown, who's who's at Florida State now, um, she was a mild-mannered sophomore and she absolutely terrorized St. John's Bartram Trail as a high school sophomore. Um, And it, it was fascinating to watch her it was watch her get the ball embarrass somebody and go to goal Um, and she's been doing some big things at Florida State Uh, it's fun to watch her whenever I have a chance to photograph Florida State Um, and she appeared in all three matches uh, in 2019 Um, you know Jamaica's Jamaica's got some attacking talent they just don't have a full 11
2: (laughs) yeah and and they have a lot of females much publicized discussion about their preparation and the you know, multiple challenges on a lot of fronts that the players have been dealing with going up to that World Cup. Not an ideal situation.
1: No, but it seems like no one in Coffee Cap has, has their act together when it comes to preparing their women for this World Cup. Um, Panama
2: had, you know,
1: Panama was not... Panama looks like a breeze compared to what was going on with Jamaica, Haiti, and Canada. Um, and then the U.S., yes, they prepared their their squad, but, I mean, I, I just don't understand. I still think the women deserve a lot more from U.S. soccer, especially considering they don't embarrass the country on the national stage and get outfought and outfought at World Cups. But, again, I've got Chris. Um... <laughs> um I think it says, uh, according to our friends at Fox, one B versus two B. I have Canada winning Group B, um, which I think is the hardest group in this in this world. I cup. would agree. And Australia, the hosts, Ireland—they've got two Florida State alumni uh, in their in their squad. Nigeria is not to play with. Um, I think they got to the the um, African finals and lost to uh, South Africa. And then Canada is Canada. I I mean, no matter how many players that are not suiting up for Canada, they're always going to be a formidable team.
2: And of course, they showed that at the Olympics, as many people found out. Um, It cannot be ignored. Um, And of course, the matter of Australia playing and what will be, I am certain, some fervent home support, and that will be very interesting to see how that um, unfolds, but I mean, you could, when you consider that you've got B versus D, I mean, you could have an England-Canada second round game, you have an England-Australia second round game, yes. England-Australia would be, that would be something. Uh,
1: the that, Australia side of this, of this Women's World Cup looks formidable yes. in the knockout rounds. Yes. It, I mean, whoever comes out of there, who, um, I think it's going to be Spain, but whoever comes out of there will be well-prepared to win a World Cup. Um, the New Zealand side, you know, we, we both think the U.S. is going to win for fun. We both think, I think Argentina is going to finish second in group, group G. Do you see anyone else being the opponent for the U.S.
2: woman in the round of sixteen? I mean, it feels like to me a toss-up between Argentina and Italy. I mean, Italy is, I mean, has some more history at these turns. Italy's had a number of changes in their squad, and it'll be a challenge to see how that all comes together. But I, I feel as long as the U.S. comes out on top, would be a pretty solid chance they win that next second-round game. It should be one that they don't have too much trouble with. After that, we're then they are looking at if potentially
1: Germany. It,
2: it, it could be a They will not be having an easy time as you get deeper into the tournament.
1: Um, no, but I think Germany's more of a concern to the U.S. than France is because Germany has the technical ability, and the they have the technical ability everywhere on the field, and they have a finisher who is a problem. If Alexandra Popp is healthy, she is going to be a problem. If she's on form, with two center backs who are one, who have never been at that stage before, I think the U.S. could be in for a. That's going to be the challenge. That's,
2: that's the other. That's the other half. That's the they would play winner up in Group F. Mm. E, Brazil. Brazil would get, well,
1: I got Brazil finishing second to France, uh, France in Group F. Yeah. So, yeah, Germany will play the runner-up from Group F. That's what I got here.
2: And, so winner, Germany, and the winner of that one was Group H, otherwise known as Game 56, would play the winner of Game 54, which is the winner of Group D, whatever, group B, which could be an England-Germany quarterfinal. Think about that.
1: Ooh. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I think that's the hard part about picking this World Cup. I haven't quite figured out the brackets yet. And and who like, I think, I think you'd agree. But what do you think? I, I think the four, one of these four teams is going to win the World Cup: Spain, England, the United States, or Germany.
2: I would lean. I would lean towards. I mean, can't rule out. I mean, there, there are a few other teams that have to be I think, taken seriously, but yeah. um I mean, I, I wouldn't go out to Canada. Canada has just been coming off an Olympic title. Sweden was won silver in the Olympics. Um, and of course, Japan has won this before. Um, so, I mean, those, those are teams I think people will be... They are from the, the keep an eye on category. Yes. Um, I personally lean toward U.S. over England in the final. Um. Think, although you know, England is missing some big, big players, and there, there's no question yes. about that. Um.
1: But they've lost once in the last two years, though.
2: Yep. They They have been a machine, and that. I mean, U.S. England file is kind of my own projection for how this goes. But you know, we will see. I mean, there's there's a lot that's going to happen between now and the end of August. Yeah. Uh,
1: four years ago, I made the mistake of picking Australia to win the Women's World Cup. I'm not doing that this time. But I think it's, I would say, U.S.-Spain in the final. And what else? What I'll say is, as a proud American, I'm never going to th- cheer against the United States. I'll never say, oh, they can't win. But I will say that... Um, if it weren't for a very fortunate penalty kick call four years ago, Spain might have been the team that knocked the United States out.
2: You're talking about a Spanish team with two of the best players in the world out there. And when yes. you've got two of the best players in the world, um, special things can happen very quickly.
1: And many of them play together at the club level of Barcelona. That's the, that's the thing that I think will give Spain an advantage over a lot of teams that kind of like the, the 2014 Germany men... And the 2010 Spain men, where a lot of them played together at the club level, and so they just intrinsically knew where the team it would be, either in defensive transition, in a lot of different places. Um, so I'll, we're gonna wrap it up soon, but I wanted to ask you your your. We're still figuring out the brackets, but I, who do you who do you you say U.S. U.S. England in the final? Who wins that in your esteemed opinion?
2: I I. Still think U.S. will have enough to make it three in a row. Um, no, no guarantees at all. This World Cup. I mean, it's um, it's going to be a challenge. I, I like I like the final four of what would be um, Spain, England, USA, and I tend to lean toward for the fourth of the final fours. So tough to call because of the way that bracket. I think it might be France. I I was I would think it could be France. It could also give a strong consideration to Canada or France, missing some important players too. Yeah, um, they've
1: had a questionable run up too.
2: Yes, and also losing my um, Ahmadinejad this past month is not going to help them at all. Um, but we we'll, we will see. There will be a month of. Very notable soccer. And you circle August 20th as the day for that final in Sydney. I'm writing it down now. August August 20th. 20th. Yes. It'll be 6 a.m. Eastern time. Bright and early. Mm,
1: mm. I know know
2: I'll be watching. I know you will be too.
1: So, uh, Clayton, thank you as always for joining us in the Withwell Podcast. And sharing your thoughts on the upcoming Women's World Cup.
2: Thanks for having me out here and looking forward to some good soccer coming up.
1: You and me both.
0: Special thanks to Clayton Freeman for joining us on this episode of the Withwell Podcast and looking ahead to the 2023 Women's World Cup. We really appreciated his time that is all that we have for this episode of the with will podcast i am your host and producer will brown the transitions were produced by SilvermanSound.com. the introduction was produced by gabrielle riggins the other sound that you might have heard throughout the episode was provided by freemusicarchive.org thanks so much to everyone for joining us and we will
2: talk soon